Welcome to season two, episode six. I'm Sabrina Lynn, and this is Rewilding. I am watching this amazing weaving of wisdom, weaving of practices, weaving of conversations happening between the different guests who have been on our podcast. And today weaves two things that I want to share with you together. And it's beautiful. Maybe three. One is if you remember the conversation with Christina Lopes, season two, episode four, we touch into sacred relationship, like barely touch into it. Today, we dive deep into it. Also, if you remember back to Robert Ohato's interview around serving the moment, we go into very tangible practices today on how to serve the moment, right? Very tangible, step by step. Here's how to come into the moment, how to become almost a channel of love to serve the moment. We also go into living from truth, living from this deep place of authentic integrity. And here's a little sneak peek. Martha Beck is coming on to the show in a couple of weeks, and we're going to talk about her new book, The Way of Integrity, which talks about these exact things that we dive into in this conversation. So it is an absolute honor and pleasure to bring Satyan and Susan Raja to the show. They are amazing teachers, both of them in their own right. But when they come together like they do in this episode, you get to tangibly see masculine gifting, feminine gifting. You get to tangibly see examples of, or a beautiful example of sacred relationships. So it's not just that we're bringing words in this episode to sacred relationship, to masculine gifting, to feminine gifting, we're actually getting to watch it. We're getting to watch it. That reminds me, if you're listening to this in audio version, if you go to our YouTube channel, you can watch the conversation fully in video and you might see some things that you might not pick up on the audio. So if you just search Sabrina Lynn Rewilding on YouTube, you'll find it. And then you'll find this particular podcast episode there. Also, our Facebook community is a place where we talk about all of these episodes. So we share, we deepen into conversation, we share some resources around every podcast episode. So if that's something that you're interested in, we do talk in this episode about how important community is. You know, I, I asked the question flat out, how do you keep the relationship sacred? How do you keep um, calling in something greater into your relationship, into your lives. And what Susan shared was community, was community. And I couldn't agree more. So if community is singing to you and you're like, I don't know where to find community, we're right here. <laughs> Just search Sabrina Lynn Rewilding on Facebook. Come and join the community. It's totally free. It's totally free. Um, it's very uplifting. It's very love-filled. It's also very inspiring by the way. So I'll tell you this little inspiration that came from our Facebook community last week. You've probably heard me talking about the upcoming in-person retreats 
So we're doing an in-person retreat here in Colorado on sacred sexuality, on sexual healing and awakening. And in our Facebook group, the conversation was, can this be more accessible? How can we do this? I can't make it to Colorado. It's COVID. That's a lot of money. I don't have the time. I can't, I can't fly right now. Sabrina, Sabrina. <laughs> and I love, 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 love getting this kind of inspiration from our community. So if you are one of those who brought that um, to light or supported some of the posts just asking, is this of interest? Um, huge gratitude to you and you know, deep heartfelt thank you for, for speaking, speaking what's on your mind. Um, so we are bringing it online and we are going to bring the practices, the different awakening um, explorations that we're going to go into in this sacred sexuality retreat, we're going to bring it online and we're going to do it in a way that's super accessible. So it's less than a hundred dollars. That's crazy, but I don't care. I love that. It's crazy. Um, it's extremely important to me, to my team, um, to those who support our community that things be accessible and we really wanted to make this program accessible. So if this is something, this conversation supports sacred sexuality, this conversation really is what we're going to walk into and embody. It is the divine masculine. It is the divine feminine. It is the sacred union. It is bringing the juice. It is bringing the essence and that power that resides in our life force energy, our sexual energy, and taking away the shame, taking away the boxes, taking away the limitations, and combining it with the sacred. When we combine sexual energy with sacred energy, right? This is like a nuclear bomb going off in your life. Like the best kind of nuclear love bomb that you can imagine going off in your life. And well, that's what we're gonna do. I would love to journey into that with you. We are journeying into that on September 17th. So that's when the live version of this online program comes out. I strongly suggest getting in on the live version. It is a different energy. We're going to hold the space. I'm going to do pop-up lives around it, but you have to join by the 17th in order to get in on the kind of creation of it and the energy of it as it's being birthed out into the world, which is to me a magical time. Okay, um, it is an absolute honor and an absolute pleasure to bring this conversation to you and to share everything that Satyan and Susan Raja opened up in this conversation. Enjoy the episode. Wow, it is an absolute honor to be here with the two of you. Satyan, Susan Raja, welcome to Rewilding. Thank you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> so I would love to <clears throat> dive into this conversation together today by sharing with everyone listening how I met the two of you and really more around what a gift it was when I met the two of you and how kind of masculine gifting and feminine gifting came to me from the two of you. It's really, really beautiful. And I think this will um, open things or inspire things or, I don't know, just take us to different places and also gift those of um, those who are listening. So I first met these two beautiful beings on 
a television show and this was my first television show. <laughs> so I show up to the studio nervous, having no idea what's going on. And these two souls are already there. And I see Suzanne's radiance, just this radiant love, beauty, and it's it's pouring onto me is exactly how it felt to me is just this radiance and love and beauty pouring onto me, which instantly makes me feel alive and like her radiance inspiring and invoking my radiance and her love inspiring and invoking my love. And so it was in all my nervousness and everything that was going on for me. It was just like, oh, wait a minute. Yes this is just life and i can be life here in this nervous situation so that's one side of it now the other side was satien when i see satien he opens a door for me right and for his wife and and he's holding the space and it was this instant feel of i'm safe i'm, I'm safe I'm safe. And I think one of the really interesting and beautiful things, I mean, there are a thousand different things that we could dive into here, but was this deep love and respect between the two of you, but your capacity to share your gifting outside of just the two of you without it feeling um, at all glitchy or wonky, or am I making sense in that? I know that there's better words around this, and I would love for the two of you to share a little bit about feminine radiance as a gift, masculine gifting in just the space and the presence and the awareness that you that you hold, and how you're able to amplify that beyond just the two of you, beyond outside of your sacred container. Oh, what a great question. <laughs> I love the story. I was just, uh... yeah, you know, uh, the truth is we're, we're just grateful for each day that we have together. And it, you know, when I say that, I'm just like, oh, you know, somebody that's listening to this might be like, oh, really? Are you really grateful all the time? We're actually really grateful all the time all the time we do not take for granted that we wake up and and have each other in our life mm. and so every day is a blessing it's a true blessing and for us to have each other for us to wake up and go oh my god first i've been given the gift of life second you're still here in my life i am so blessed to have this and to be blessed to have a partner that just emanates, you know, Satyan emanates his masculine, trustable, powerful, deep force in my life has me all has me all floaty, you know. I'm I, I get to I get to shine. I get to I get to radiate that, and it's it's my gratitude actually that's that you're receiving it's my gratitude and when i see someone else such as yourself with the beauty 
that's not just exterior, but in inside there, it's like a tuning fork, you know, and we see each other. And then it's like, we see and we feel what is like and what is not like actually picks up on that and they become brighter and deeper. So that's what I would say. Mm. I love that. Mm. You know, you nailed it at the beginning when you shared about you saw us demonstrating or living co-gifting. Mm. And I think that's the value that we hold most deeply in relationship. You know? mm. When we met our mentor, David Data, years back, we were in traditional mindsets around um, relationships and, and such. And through learning those practices and teachings from him, we recognized that, you know, we could have an old school type of relationship where it's more about getting from each other. What am I getting and not getting? That's endless. There's always something you're not getting enough of. Always. It's never going to be, someone's going to be able to give you perfectly everything you need. It's impossible. And it's neurotic to just try to keep appeasing a part of ourselves that just wants wants, wants some fulfillment from each other. Enough, there's foundational fulfillment you need, but I'm talking when it goes overboard, right? And constant not enoughness in relationship. And then, I, and then you know, we grow beyond, hey, being self-resourceful. I can find my own self-gifts. She can find her own self-gifts. We can become strong in that. And, and that's also, also very valuable. But I think the ultimate expression that we've come to recognize is that, yes, we can help ourselves, but it's ecstatic to be in service to each other's evolution. Physical, mental, emotional, intellectual, sexual, spiritual. Like there's no, no edge. And it's that, hey, what can I do this day to be of service to your evolution? It's become a turn-on, a mutual turn-on. Yeah. And so I think that's the essence of what's made our relationship well now for 34 years continue to grow and evolve is that, um, that spark we keep alive. How can I serve you? more than just myself today? How can I help you become the full fullness of your, of your nature? How can I help you become the full expression of you? So that's, that's the essence of relationship for me. One that's worthwhile. Whew, that is extraordinary um, to have words around that, that you both have found such beautiful words around that. Now, two things come up for me. Yeah. One is this stepping into sacred relationship you know and it's almost as if evolving your relationship evolved into something deeper and deeper and deeper and more extraordinary and deeper gifting and deeper truth and deeper authenticity and um and so that piece i'd love to maybe expand on that and then the other piece is how the gifting between the two of you how you i know you hold workshops and you hold spaces for others how you allow that how you ripple that out how you gift that out beyond you um, so i don't know where we want to go first but those are kind of the two things coming up <laughs> so we've made a game out of the playful dynamics of each other so rather than say okay women should be this way men should be this way you're that way in a stuck role i'm this way in a stuck role you know those roles were there for many many years for whatever reasons valid reasons and then, you know, we here in the West, we've outgrown a lot of that. But not most of the world. There's still those old school 
values might serve to for survival for certain tribes and people and such. But we're beyond just survival here, at least in our worlds over here. And so, you know, we've come to recognize that there's a spectrum of energy within our being. And we're using the term masculine, feminine. You can use the term um, freedom and flow. You know, it doesn't have to be connected to the idea of maleness and femaleness, although there is some correlation. And the masculine essence, you know, in our work, we describe it as a triangle. We give it a symbol of an upper triangle that's composed of presence, which means being here, right here, Right now, when I'm with my lady and I'm right here right now, she loves it. If I'm distracted, I'm all over the place. It's not enticing. It's not connecting. It's not sexually inspiring. But when I'm very present, obviously it creates a wonderful response. If I'm not, it also creates a response, right? We're either repelling in the response, we're neutralizing, going flat and bored, or we're evoking each other's sensual, sexual, intellectual, heart, spirit response. So presence claim when i'm in my claim what i stand for what i value what's non-negotiable for me not from some vehemency but just from principle and i ground in that presence claim and then penetration meaning when i'm with my wife suzanne you know not just being disconnected but feeling as if i'm actually with her in her through her and that she's in me through me and so that presence that claim and that penetration, that triangle of power, masculine power, if you will, are sort of like dials, bass treble and the bass mid-range and treble. When we have them all dialed in nicely, it creates a beautiful response from our partners, what I've discovered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you so there's- You can see it. You can see it. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's, you know, there's the feminine side to this as well. And so the feminine triangle is, um, it, it's like the yoni, you know, it's shaped, it's a downward um, triangle. And so one part of it is invitate. Now, before I even say that, let's go, let's just think about, feel into, not just the times where it's awesome, but let's, let's use the feminine triangle when it's not so easy because that's when it really counts, right? It's easy when it's easy. So say my partner is not being present. Mm -hmm. What can I do in response to gift my partner? So he's not present in the moment, okay? So the first part to this is invitation. An invitation is just as it sounds. It's like, how do I bring him into life? Hmm. How do I invite his presence versus demand his presence? How do I invite it? How do I make it so that he wants to actually wake up and be present, be here, you know, so I can feel into him and I can see, oh, he's not present right now. I feel into the love and the, the, the care that you have for your partner and feel their body and feel, mm, how are they breathing right now? Could they use some, some more touch? You know, is their is their breath shallow? So the invitation is to, to touch and to invite by, by saying, beloved, I'm here. Welcome. Welcome. I'm in. 
And it's that touch of like, come into this that brings him to his presence. And my eyes as well, you know, my eyes, it's, it's good to be here with a smile. What's your countenance? You know, it's like, yeah. So then there's, um, then there's, if your partner, if you feel like your partner isn't claiming you, isn't saying, well, you know, you're, you mean something to me and, and I'm going to declare that. And they're not doing that. Instead of saying, hey, you know, don't I mean anything to you? Notice in the moment is, are you, how are you, how are you holding yourself? Are you relaxed in it? And, and the next part to the, to the triangle is surrender. Hmm. And surrender is surrender from power, from your strength. How are you letting go and allowing him to allowing him to take you and claim you and say, you know, you're, you're mine, you're, we're, we're one. Are you relaxed in that? So can you be more relaxed and, and in, in your body receptive to his claim? And then the final piece to this is expression. That's the, 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 the final piece. And actually for a lot of us, expression is difficult when it's difficult. And so, you know, you, you, you may want him to, to enter your, your soul, like feel you. It's like, he's not feeling me. Why is he not feeling me? Well, instead of saying, why are you not feeling me? How can you express to him in a way where it's beloved? Ah, when, ah see in this moment, beloved, by saying that word, beloved, we call each other beloved because we're, we're more than just each other. We're, we're more than just, this is my partner. This is the one that I love so deeply. So I say, beloved, and you can see your relaxes as energy. Beloved, I love it when you're here with me. I love it when I can feel your heart entering my, ah. And when you feel him doing this, you, you respond, you express your happiness, you express that it's good to be here. So you see, it works together, it's a dance. That's beautiful. And I love the tangibility of that. Here's the triangle. Here are the three points. Um, yeah, that's amazing and beautiful and perfect. So if you were going to, actually, now I have another question. I want to veer off on a quick little tangent here because I hear this one often um, from the feminine. And it's when we're being penetrated, right? We're being claimed, we're being penetrated. We're like, the masculine is so with us, so conscious, so present to us. And then it's, they have to go to work. They have to, you know, we have lives and we have other things to do. And so, right, that penetration is happening and it's this, you know, almost, you know, the feminine, and this is how a lot will talk about it. Maybe you'll use different terms, but it's like, an individual will kind of surrender their masculine over in that moment, right? And just be the fullness of the feminine. And then the masculine that was surrendered over has gone to work, let's say. And now the feminine is in this place and it's like this transition place 
or this place of pain, this place of hurt. I'd love to talk a little bit about this place. Oh, yeah, good. Good that you bring this up. This is perfect. So first, you know, be tender with yourself when you feel this. Be tender with yourself and know and lean into, lean actually into the feeling of sadness, sorrow, feeling of abandonment, whatever that is, name that thing, name it and be willing to lean into it and feel it fully, feel it fully. And as you're feeling it fully, feel it even more fully, wear it like just and move with it, actually move your body into it as if you're making love with that ache, that, that wretched feeling of being something being ripped away from you. Just start to move your body because to the extent that you stay still, what will happen is you'll go into your head and all kinds of crazy stuff will happen. Move your body, lean into it, start to make love with that. And as you attune yourself to that, then start to give yourself, give yourself the love that you're yearning for, that you've forgotten about when you couple. When you couple the love that you have for yourself, all of a sudden goes out the window. You forget about yourself. You forget that there's another human, that you were a human, that you, you were there. And so it's about, it's about making love with what you feel and back to making love with you and then going, hey, oh, yes, here I am. I'm back. Woo. Take yourself on a date. Give yourself, give yourself those things that you yearn for in your partner. And to the extent that you can love yourself back is the extent that you're that radiant light that he is really wanting to return to because you're like this beam and you're not doing it to hone him back, but it's a result. It is a side effect of that. That's what I do. That's yeah. actually what I do. Yeah. I return to me. And how is that with you? It's when just, I? <laughs> it, 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 it feels like um, you're not dependent on me. And it feels like you're not, needy of me it feels like yes you are sometimes wanting to connect with me more and deeper but that you're not going to fall apart or you're not codependent on my presence there being in every moment and there's a feeling of you replenishing your own being and it feels very very adult and conscious and positive and then it makes me want to go yeah like, i'm ready to hang with you and give you and share my Self in their presence. Oh, yum. Yum, <laughs> yum, 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 yum. So I can very much relate. Um, for me, back in my younger days, when I would feel that hurt or that pain, it would be just a shutdown, right? Yes. And so very similar to you, where now it's just swim in it, be with it, make love to it. Yep. Yes. So I love your words around that. It's beautiful and perfect. Satyan, I'd love to, we're expressing and talking about the feminine hurt or the, the feminine pain. Is there something in the masculine where it's like, that's painful? Yeah. 
First of all, it's, um, it's the recognition um, or the lack of recognition of to what degree I'm living my part, my purpose, hmm. my mission, my dharma, and how valued I am. So when I'm, when a lot of masculine oriented people, some, you know, when their heart is shut down and they're in a weak moment or they're not in their full alignment, you might have the feeling of, oh, we're not appreciated enough. We're not valued enough for our work, our hard work, our contribution, those type of generalized patterns of, of, of inner experience. Yet in those moments, um, again, uh, you know, my practice is, is to recognize it's not that I'm not being appreciated. It's just there's something going on over there in herself so full right now in her being. She doesn't have the energy to appreciate me. What can I do to attend to that? Mm. And when I can attend to that, any feeling of in, in either one of us of a lack of wholeness, we can come to each other's support, not each other's rescue. The coming to each other's rescue to fill each other creates codependency. and It's an unhealthy. But to raise each other up in the midst of that is something that we can offer as a valiant expression of devotion, of our devotion. So one of the deepest masculine pains is not feeling you're free enough. You're constrained by all the forces of life, all of us. So whatever is you know, inhibiting or preventing or obscuring or is an obstacle to our real sense of freedom can really hurt and, and it can feel very suppressed. And so part of our practice is, is what can I do to come for myself as a masculine person? For me, I like to have silent, I like to have deep meditation periods. I like to start off my morning with deep meditation. I like martial arts. I like going in nature and challenging myself. And those things replenish my masculine uh, essence, my stillness, and it allows me then to come back with presence, claim, and penetration from stillness, not from agitation or lack. Which is palatable, which can be felt, which is which is so celebrated and desired by the feminine partner. Beautiful. The next little piece that kind of popped out for me was support versus rescue. Ooh. Can we dive into that and bring some words to that? I know there's so much talk around codependency and not rescuing and boundaries, healthy boundaries. And I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into kind of this component. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, um, if I have to rescue my partner, if I have in my mind that he needs rescuing, what's happened is I'm not seeing him anymore. Yeah. I'm not seeing him and I'm not appreciating his capacity. I'm not appreciating the divine being that he is, that is a conscious being with choice that has the capacity to do anything. And it's the one that, you know, I'll speak about myself. 
always seen Satyan as um, a great being. When I met him, I saw in him someone who was going through life for more than just himself. Mm. And, and, and it's what drew me to him because there's a depth in that. You know, you can live life for you or you can live life for something that's greater than that. And my, um, my seeing of him, if I was to feel like I have to rescue him at any point in time, that's my stuff. Because a being such as this, and really, I'm not just talking about myself and Satya. Anyone who's listening, anyone who wants to be in a relationship or who's in a relationship, you want a good relationship, start seeing your partner or the partner that you wish to attract into your life as someone that you would, um, you would follow, not because you are needy for them, but because the direction that they're going is beyond just their own life, but has something greater to offer. And if you honor them in that way, if you feel that they are of that caliber and they should not be of any less than that, or you're settling, and I, and I tell whoever we're working with, do never settle. Be alone, be alone in happiness and bliss, alone, but don't settle. And so because I never settled, I would never have to rescue one such as this. Because one such as this has the capacity to be anything that they want to be. And I am here for, to, to stoke the fire of who they are. Not to try and save them from anything, but to stoke it, to invite it to let go and allow that greatness to emerge and to celebrate it with my expression of delight and pleasure. That's how I support. And that's, that's how you support a great being who is your partner. You know, for me, it's like uh, to release the assumption that she's broken and needs fixing. Yeah. And that she needs saving in any way, because that's denying her power, her autonomy, her sovereignty, her self-creation, her self-resourcefulness. And so when I catch myself into that way of thinking, I go, hold on a sec. She's not broken. She's not lacking anything, period. Can I augment? Can I support? Can I add to her fullness? So it does take some shifting. It does take some reorienting, rebooting, coming out of, oh, God, you know, this again to, oh, this again. This is not from any form of lack. This is an expression of her being from her fullness. And that's the primary shift in perception that's really supported our relationship for me, is not to think that she's lacking or broken in any way. That the only thing that she's... If it's some form of upset for her, it's usually an obstruction or of the flow of love. Mm. Somehow love is not flowing fully as it could be. So I take it as an indicator, not as a personal slight, that something in the flow of love, I depersonalize it. What could it be? Could it be our attitude, my attitude? Could it be 
I, you know, something, whatever. Let me let's let me feel for that. Depersonalize it and 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 support the flow of love to bloom. That, that saves a lot of problems. Uh-huh. <laughs> because yeah. you can't you can go on about the problems for the rest of your life. It's like shifting. I always talk about the radio dial. What are we focusing on? And it's shifting off of that and just almost like what you're saying sounds like just reminding you that you are this divinely glorious being, right? Or yeah, I think it's just so beautiful how both of you have just shifted the whole way of thinking about it. Yeah. And, you know, realistically, it's it's like one day I'll be like, uh, you know, in my everyday shit and stuff and whatever life and kids, business and dogs and, 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 and everything else. <laughs> COVID and, and politics and economies. <laughs> Micro all the way to macro, it's endless, endless, endless stuff in our face. So if we don't put our passion and connection first, who's going to do it? Yeah. No one's going to do it for us. No one's going to say, hold on a sec, world. No, no, it's us that have to have to make that priority. So we aim to reboot our priority, put ourselves first, our family first, you know, um, our connection and faith and our spiritual life first, because passion. that's our passion. That is the, the root of all our passion, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. a defense system against the onslaught of distraction. Absolutely. Absolutely. This kind of goes to this evolving into sacred relationship or deeper relationship. I wonder if we can talk a little bit about the evolution of your relationship. You guys have been together over 30 years now, right? Like that's a lot of wisdom in there. A lot uh, of wisdom, uh, 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 a lot of experience in there. Yeah, we've got a t-shirt on just about everything, frankly. Yeah, we've been, <laughs> been in the trenches. You really have. <laughs> 34 years ago. <laughs> Battle wow. and, and friends before that in high school. Uh huh. Yeah. And we and raised so two young adult children, and and uh, you know co-led and founded multiple companies and such. And as advice, so we've had full rich lives, you know. Yeah, you know the funny thing too is Satyan was alluding to that we um, were friends before we were. Um, partners, lovers, and we were actually our very first um, coaches for each other. Wow. Because, you know, unofficial coaches, because, you know, uh, Satyan had a beautiful girlfriend, I had an awesome boyfriend, and and we met in high school, and so I'd come to him, and I'd be like, oh, this is amazing, <laughs> and he'd be like, have you tried this, and I was like, I thought of that, okay. I go away. I come back. Yes, yes, it worked. It worked. And then he'll come. He's like, "Oh, this is happening." I'm like, "Have you thought of this?" And he go back, and he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, it worked out." You know. And it was just, it was like, who knew that later on in life we would end up like this? We we certainly didn't think this. And I think it's always been, how can we grow? How can we evolve? How can we make it better? Yeah. You know. How can we take this? We've always, Satin and I have, have um, always had a deep yearning for truth and depth. Mm. 
from the onset, we both yearn for that. And, and funnily enough, Satyam's name means truth in Sanskrit. <laughs> so thank you, God. <laughs> you know, And it's like, so we, we've always gone for that truth and depth and growth. And so that's how we deepen. That's how we continue to, no matter what happens, no matter what is going on in our life, we cleave to each other. We come back to each other. And we see each other as really one being with with um, we're individuals, yes, in our fullness, but his masculine is my masculine. My feminine is his feminine. And it's like, I get to express the feminine side of our relationship. He gets to express the masculine side of our relationship. And at times we play with the fun of both, you know, to, to bring the passion forth. But, you know, um, the depth and the growth and that's really, and the truth is really what the wheel that, that we keep oiling and we keep moving together. Sacredness in our relationship is found through diving into what's true, where are we aligned, where are we not aligned, how are we aligned with ourselves? where we are not aligned with ourselves. And, you know, when you asked about sacred relationships, sacred to me brings up the divine, God, goddess, mm -hmm. the almighty. And of course, many people have their own views and their own um, unique views on that. And some people have no, no view around that or not, it's not part of their paradigms. For us, it is. And the sense of there's a greater being that we can be in service to through our relationship is this type of spiritual strength that literally feels like it can face anything. Left to our own devices, we can get caught up in our own egos, our own pettinesses, our own, you know, childish stuff and, and adolescent stuff. Doesn't matter how enlightened we get in this world, even the most enlightened teacher can have some petty adolescent side get fired up, fired off, all of us, right? All of us, right? And so what keeps us reorienting around higher values is knowing and, and finding our own ways to connect with spirit. Yeah. And then having spirit inform us, guide us. We listen to spirit together by going in nature walks, by having gentle time in hot tub. And even when we make love, even in the moment of, of, of orgasm, we, we don't allow ourselves to collapse. We practice the expansion of orgasm so that we, we include a benevolent energy, our hearts. May all beings be liberated. Yeah. May all beings know love. May all beings have peace. May all beings have filled bellies. May all families come together in unity. May our whole world and, and, and sentient family come together. So... Although it's a deeply altruistic and sometimes seemingly impossible stance to hold, why not? Anything else we found is not is is after a while will not sustain a long-term relationship. Possessions, comfort, um, uh, co-enjoyment of opera or whatever preferences you might that'll last for a certain while. But as we evolve, 
major parts of us are falling off. Evolution requires that we become outdated to what used to be the norm. It requires us to reboot into a new um, being. And in this day and age, evolution is calling us to evolve quicker, faster, deeper. There's a sacred quickening going on on this planet. Mm -hmm. So what Suzanne and I do is we hop on that rocket ship of the quickening and we hold and we make devotion our our thrusters and our direction to keep us clear and and in the heart of, of, of truth. That is exactly where I was hoping this conversation would go. <laughs> um, if you were going to share the most powerful things that you could share with anyone listening about how to come to this place, how to continue to stay in that place, how to call in the sacred, to surrender over to something so much greater and allow that to come through both relationship and through just yourself as a being out in the world and what it is that you're creating in the world and how you're serving the world. What would you share? Hmm. I would say have really good mentors Yeah. in your life. Have really good mentors in your life and community around you that is rising together in the direction that you want to be going. Because who you who you associate with, who you move with, will either um, take you down or help you to rise up to where you want to be. And for us, we have had um, mentors and have mentors that um, help us to stay aligned to the direction that we want to go as a couple. I mean, really early on, before we even, just when we started dating, we decided, we found a, we found a, a um, a mentor who's still one of our mentors to this day. Anjali Hill. Anjali Hill. Anjali Hill. And she, she, we, we hired her because we said, you know what? We've experienced what relationship is like having had our own, in our own families. And the way that our families had their relationship was the way they, they had their relationship. It was, not terrible, but it wasn't exactly what we wanted. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't what we wanted. We wanted something different. We wanted sacred relationship. We wanted to go deeper. We wanted to grow and all of those things that we couldn't see any of what we really wanted modeled anywhere. And so we went to her and said, okay, so can you help us to continue to, to stoke this fire, to continue to align ourselves to where we're going? And she did, you know, she sat with us and she said, she said something very wonderful. She said, you know, I am not invested in where this relationship goes. I am invested in the truth. Yes. In the truth. Yes. So we continue that. And we've had many mentors since then. And we hold them sacred because it is in the guidance and their um, their example and their guidance and they're celebrating us and keeping us um, 
awake, keeping us awake. And so with your mentors and your community, keeping you awake, you stay awake. Beautiful. One of the things Suzanne and I do quite regularly, every couple of months, every few months, sometimes just sporadically, is, you know, honey, what's the purpose of your life? What's the purpose of your life? What are you here for? You really listen to it because it keeps morphing and evolving. What used to be a purpose of your life may, might be past its expiration date now. So re-asking that, but with real inquiry, real caring. I want to know what's the purpose. And just by having your lover, a close friend, your best friend, your lover, your partner, ask you that with real meaning, wanting to know. And with the energy and with the disposition of, I'm going to, whatever you say, I'm behind it. That cheerleading energy is so nourishing. It means that that support is there. So we like to ask ourselves, what are you here for? What are you here for? And then once we've shared that, then next we go, what are we here for? Because it's a different answer. It includes what we're here for individually. But now it goes from me to we to the beyond. What are we here for? And we listen. We talk about it. We feel into it. We investigate it. And and we work it out. Yeah, that feels right. That's a little off. That feels right. Until when we have that discussion and it's really singing, we can feel the cosmos like go, yes, that's what I'm here for, what you're here for, and what we are here for. And it's always something bigger and a stretch than, than perhaps what's comfortable. So that's what I want to share with everyone listening. It's always a stretch than what you're comfortable handling. And that edge, that the stretch which is in the edge, that's where there's a great amount of evolutionary ecstatic um, Mm. life force that's going to just open up magical doors for us when we're willing to dive into, go beyond the risk of complacency. Oh, that is so beautiful. And just want to bring back the piece of support and how you both have just given such a beautiful example of how you support each other in this practice we're not coaches for each other we're cheerleaders yeah higher coaches have mentors read books yeah great talks podcasts nourish the relationship in yourself don't just nourish the relationship don't just nourish yourself nourish both but at the end of the day be each other's greatest cheerleaders i love that i think that's so important and i kind of want to reiterate that cheerleaders not coaches it's very different so i love that you've dropped that yeah cheerleader lover cheerleader lover not cheerleader buddy yes yeah cheerleader lover that brings in the the intoxication of the erotic energy into it you're my babe let's go instead of hey honey hey instead of a neutral friend friendly energy which is wonderful which you should share with friends but with your intimate partner you can put the flame up a little and be devotional from your erotic essence oh yes the world needs more of this (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes. Bring in the juice, turn up the heat. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to um, ask a question that's a little bit out there just to throw it out there and see what kind of arises in the conversation. But we spoke, Satyan, you touched on evolution and you touched on the spiritual quickening. We're in a spiritual quickening and the evolving. And I would love to touch on what you, both of you are seeing, feeling, sensing in evolution of we touched on old roles that we used to be in and you know many other cultures and societies are still in old roles or what would be considered in our western culture old roles but what are you seeing now and in the younger generations coming up i'm watching the gender edges being pushed I'm watching so many things just being kind of obliterated. And I would love to hear what's top of mind for the both of you, what you're seeing, sensing, witnessing, feeling maybe with those you're working with, or even just feeling into the collective or feeling into, you know, the cosmos and just anything that's arising. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I'll start with the younger generation, what I'm seeing. Younger generation, they're so cool. They're so cool. I know. No edges to them. <sighs> no edges. They will not be. They will not be compartmentalized. They will not be labeled. You're not going to call me this. I'm. My relationship is the way that I see it this week. It might be different next week. You know. And I'm just. I'm dumbfounded. I'm. Like, you're amazing. Look at the possibilities for you. Look at the creativity. It's so much creativity, you know, and they're so, they're so wise. They're, they're free. They're very free. That's the word that I, um, that, that I would use for this is they're so free in their, their way of being. And it's beautiful. And there's such opportunities in that, you know, there's, um, our, our clients typically are, you know, between the ages of, you know, 35 to there, you know, on and on. Um, and I would say that, um, hmm, lost my thought for a moment there. I got really excited with the younger folk. Okay, why don't you, you speak and then I'll... <laughs> <laughs> My darling, I invite you. <laughs> you know, I, I think this explosion and 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 loosening up of what my friend Jeffrey Armstrong calls stalemate. You know, there's stalemates, role mates, and then there's this enlightened new whatever mating that's that that we're moving towards. Um, we. You have to experiment to go to the edge and make a lot of mistakes to come back into some balance. And so whatever hyper-masculine world that we've been in, in an, in an unconsciously unhealthy way, right, has to swing the opposite way over the next few years so that we can find the wisdom that's from its opposite, find the rebalancing, but then recognize, oh my goodness, if we go 
And after 10, 20 years, we'll realize, oh, no, hold on a second, we've swung a little too far here. We're also out of balance, but it's correcting the big imbalance for the last 2,000 years. So then, so just like a pendulum, it swings back and forth. And it may take us another 100 years or 200 or 500, if we're around, to come back into a type of centered space where we don't have to worry about these things. Anyone... I, I believe we're ultimately moving towards anyone can be what they want, how they want, when they want, as they want, as long as they do no harm to others. Yeah. And that's what I'm all for. I'm all for love has no look. Love has no right or wrong. Love is for something that serves each other, yourself, and serves the greater good. If it removes any of those, if love is not omni-conscious, meaning taking into account the wider community, the spectrum, it's not usually love. It's usually infatuation or some unresolved family dynamics that we've mistaken as love, that feels like it's love, but really is a longing and a lacking of love, which we try to fill with substance and all distractions, substances and distraction. So in the big picture, I believe we're on the right track, all of us. I believe all the exploration that's happening in sexuality and Relaxing of um, identifications is a valid and valuable step along the way. But ultimately, the, the, the wisest place is, who am I? Mm. And sometimes we've got to experience who we're not a lot to recognize that's not me. I tried it. I wore the garment. I got the T-shirt. But that's not me. So my advice is go try everything. Try everything. <laughs> You know, be a trisexual, be a tri <laughs> you know, until you find, you know, your uni sexuality, your truth. Yeah. Which is never fixated. Let yeah. people do what they want. You do what you want and respect the forms of love as they arise. Mm, I love that. And, you know, in, in the... In the realm of support, support your partner to live to their fullest in whatever that looks like for them. So if they're in exploration mode and they're they're wanting to try something that's a little different, you know, in the realm of sexuality, and they bring it up to be present with them, to be inviting with them, to, to relax and to stay in it with them, cleave to them and express your truth, but also be willing to hear them and to really get them and, and cheer them on, be excited for them. Do you know, because you're in it together, it's a relationship. The ship is going together and no matter what you stay together in in that with them to the best of your ability and and open to the possibilities because they're infinite love this love this conversation um i feel i feel so gifted and i feel like there are so many threads of wisdom coming through and I mean, there are so many moments I've just had those truth chills just all the way down and going, oh, wow, that's such a transmission. And then, oh, gosh, and that too. So um, just so grateful for everything that both of you are bringing 
to this to this episode to this conversation to those listening and i feel like i'd kind of like to start wrapping things up maybe but there's something around i don't know why this is coming up but it's something around serving the moment serving the moment and how do the both of you serve the moment whether that be when you're holding a workshop space and i'll i'll confess here this comes from um, watching both of you facilitate space and watching both of you and satya and i specifically remember a moment in a retreat where you so perfectly served the moment like read the fullness of the room this is how it feels to me um read the the and it wasn't anything anyone would have expected coming right it wasn't anything from a logical rational reasonable place it was literally like opening up to serving the moment serving something way greater than yourself and i know both of you do this and i would love to talk about that because i know that there are a lot of individuals in the community in in the rewilding community who really work to serve the moment really work to become channels and really work to you know serve something greater than them which is what we've been talking about a lot today so i'd love to kind of go into that as sort of a closing kind of a piece yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um working to serve the moment is going to be hard <laughs> let's just be honest about it <laughs> it's going to be real hard because you can't work to serve the moment. It actually doesn't work to work to serve the moment. What you've got to do is you've got to let go versus work. Yes. You've got to, you've got to open to the moments. Service through you, you know? And, and I'll cite Anjali once again, because she's just given us such pearls. Um, she said once to me, when I said to her, oh my gosh, all this stuff was coming through me. I don't know. I'm just trying to grab right now. Can you help me? Because it's just like, whoa, it's just coming through. And she just slowed me right down. She said, hey, listen, I know you had a lot of wisdom that came through, but I want you to imagine it like this. You are one of a in a box of bulbs that the divine has chosen to just screw in you know and the divine is the source that's coming through your particular bulb so get over your freaking self you know it's basically that and just like if it's coming through can you just sit back allow it to come through do it and then thank you very much do you know don't take it on it's not it is you because you've you're the you're the vehicle for it. Take care of yourself, but there's no work to be done. When the divine wants wants you, you 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 can either say yes or no to be plugged in. And once you're plugged in, it will flow through. So there is no work. There's just to let go and let the divine. I love those words. Being done. I'm being done right yeah you're just you're being you're being done yeah you know when i'm leading events and trainings and such one of the key factors to what you said you know it's 
rewilding. You're coming back to the yeah. willingness to go wild outside of any boxes that you have of how anything should be done. And you're willing to call upon the wild intuition of being and follow it without knowing what steps are going to, what's next. Mm -hmm. And trusting like Mr. Magoo in the old cartoon series. Those of you who haven't seen, you can look up Mr. Magoo on YouTube. <laughs> and it's this man who's sort of doesn't see that well and he wears very thick glasses and wherever he walks if he takes the next step it's going to be dangerous going to fall and die all of a sudden but all of a sudden the universe some thing just keeps coming up underneath him and he avoids all these calamities because he's trusting mm -hmm. so in a way it, it's 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 allowing your own mr and mrs magoo to 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 be at the forefront the other thing is is loosening the grip of control so that you can be listening rather than aiming to control, loosening the grip of personal control so that you can listen to the, the direction that's wanting to be ushered and reveal itself. And the essence of that to me is relinquishing self-importance. Mm -hmm. Whenever I'm leading a training, I do my best, you know, at first there's the heart beating, there's the breathing, there's... I got, you know, these notes, I got these, you know, these are the topics I want to cover and all that. There's a lot of what I, I, I want to cover. I should cover what should be covered for the sake of them. But when I have all of that, I literally toss it away. And then I just drop in. I take a moment to feel everyone in the space with me as my family. Soften the front surface of my body. And I just, I say, Lord, just, just here, I relinquish my self-importance and what needs to happen. Then immediately I'll know and then I make contact and I just go and I just go. And that, I'm sharing the simple steps to that, but it took me, you know, it took me a lifetime to trust those simple steps and the outcome of those simple steps is so much more profound and mystical than than any preordained offering that can make. Yeah. Oh, the fact that you both have brought words to that just lights up my whole being. It makes my heart just want to explode. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful conversation. And I would love for you to share where everyone listening can find you and what you have coming up or just what feels right to share in this moment as kind of a next step for anyone listening. Thank you, Sabrina. And thanks to everyone who's watching and listening. It's our joy to be in your connection. You can come and visit us at our website, which is Warrior Sage dot com w-a-r-r-i-o-r-s-a-g-e dot com we have our latest books that are there on leadership and consciousness and transcendence leadership we have our uh, noteworthy uh, acclaimed workshop that we call sex passion and enlightenment which is a couples uh, weekend that we do and you can go online and find out about all of those and we also have a great amount of resources, audios, videos, all available for free. All our vintage stuff to really support couples, singles, and anyone who wishes to walk the path of 
the warrior and the sage, the spiritual warrior and the sage. So please come and visit and enjoy all the materials that are there, warriorsage.com. Wow. Just love the work that you both are doing in the world. Really, 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 really. And it's been an absolute honor. Thank you both so much. Thanks. Thank you for asking. Mm.